Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 6, 13, one of the texts. We're going to kind of quickly do a recap. But this is the sixth week in our series, The Gray Zone. We've been talking a number of items here. And today I subtitled it, Refusing to Bow, Refusing to Bow. And uh, text Ephesians 6, we shared this last week. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Can you just say that? Stand your ground. How many know God wants you to stand, not fall, when trouble comes? Okay, simple, but it's true. To stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to continue to stand. To continue to stand. And so we said this last week, and you know, now here we are today, we have nine days till the course of our nation is determined. Isn't that right? More than 50 million people have already uh, voted. Amazing. Just amazing. And there are two very different views for the future. For you, for me, for your family, for my family, come on, for your children, for my children, for the church, all right, for, for the Supreme Court, for a number of things, just very different views, very different views. And last week, we said this was the season to stand up, to be clothed in God's armor, and to, it's a season to, to, to draw near to God. Uh, it's a season to, to, to not be found naked. We used the illustration uh, last week about how it was actually in uh, Mark's gospel that uh, he talks about a man who fled and had a linen garment. We talked about that and how he was found naked. And, and uh, we won't get into all that, but you can, you can listen to that. But I just want to talk to you today and begin maybe even a two-part here. Uh, Lord willing, next week continue <clears throat> about the cancel culture and standing your ground. We use the text in uh, Esther, Queen Esther in the Old Testament, and uh, Mordecai, her uncle, sends back uh, as, as he appeals to her, hey, our lives are on the line and your life is on the line. Just because you are a queen doesn't mean you're going to ex escape the judgment. And Mordecai sent back to her this reply. He says, don't imagine that because you're in the king's palace, you alone will escape the fate of the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, if you remain silent at this time, you don't vote. You don't, you don't speak up for moral values. Come on, somebody. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come and will arise from some other place. <clears throat> you know, God can raise up a nation greater than America if we refuse to stand up for what's right. Can I get an amen? Kind of heavy, going right to the juggler there this morning, amen? And said, relief and deliverance will come from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Wow. That's heavy. And he said, but you don't know for such a time, maybe, maybe God planned it that, that you would be born and that you would be able at this season in 2020 for such a time as this that God has selected you to be here in this time in this season to be one that would stand and be faithful. Can I get an Amen. So in other words, Queen Esther, if you don't speak up, someone is going to. Someone is going to. And uh, there's going to be a tremendous fallout. <clears throat> and then, and uh, uh, God does not want that. He does not want that. So I believe I'm speaking to people that are overcomers. Amen. But let me just kind of throw this out as a definition. And many of you heard this, especially on social media, cancel culture. And it's a way of behaving, and I put, can be vicious. It is brutal. It is demonic. It is ferocious. It is violent. 
is cancel culture. Of behaving in a society or a group, especially on social media, in which it is common to completely reject and stop supporting someone because they have said or done something that offends you. Now, uh, if you dare to have a different view, you're a fair target. You can be shamed. I mean, we know we can cancel Netflix. We can cancel Amazon orders. Now you can cancel people. Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, it's out there. But the main argument against cancel culture is that it does, watch this, it does not enable people who have wronged society, they feel, the opportunity to apologize and learn from their mistakes. And those who have to try to make amends, they were humiliated. Humiliated. So if you're an internet user, if you're on Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, you know, or whatever, you've come across this idea of this cancel culture, or they call it the call-out culture. And now, as of now, we still live in a free country where certain rights are guaranteed. Amen? Freedom of religion, First Amendment, Bill of Rights, right? Uh, the right to assemble, come together, freedom of speech. But hear me, my brothers and sisters, there is a storm that we know that is brewing today that threatens to blow away all of those. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist. This is what's happening. You know, there are pastors that are being uh, summoned and, 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 and this potential for arrest and them standing and stepping out. And you know, we only, God only knows, in, 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 you know, what could happen even here in the state of Minnesota. Uh, I, I know of pastors and I have heard, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of gauge, you know, how the pastors feel. I'll talk a little about this in a moment. You know, they think, okay, green's good light, yellow, oh, we're struggling. And pastors a lot of times always live in the yellow zone. They're in the red zone, many pastors, right now, and the light is flashing. And they are quitting ministry. Why? Because churches have turned on them, people have turned on society, and they don't know how to pastor the people. But you see here, I'm standing here today. We opened our doors the 31st of Pentecost Sunday, and we're not closing. So if I got to go to jail, I go to jail, all right? Amen? It's, oh, pastor, you're overreacting. You better look at what's going on in California and other places of the country in New York. It's happening. It's happening. We never thought we'd be at this. If we stay silent, <clears throat> amen, moving right along. Freedom of religion. And so we're experiencing this cancel culture. And a cancel culture, you have the right to say what you believe. But watch this. Most people... Keep their mouths shut. Why? There's an intolerant mob that's out there and they're going to attack you if you say something that, that, that they disagree with. And, and, and so, so in other words, the mob determines the accepted way to think about a certain topic. So if you have a different view, a biblical view, a conservative view, a view that's a, a, something that it has its core in a morality, and they don't like that. And you, you are fair game. You can be shamed, vilified. You can be fired from your job. Mm-hmm. It's happened. Just from a, 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 just something that you may have said in the past, they could dredge it up years ago. Come on, somebody. Somebody with me here this morning? Kicked off the social media platforms, and, and it's happening everywhere. You know, I know of a, personally of a, a, a pastor out of this state, a very large church, a mega church, and a good man, a, a, a godly man. I really believe that to the core. He just happened to like something. Now, watch this. He didn't have an affair. He wasn't an alcoholic. He wasn't gambling on the weekends, you know, extorting the church money. Or he didn't have another woman mistress. There was none of that. He's had a pretty much an impeccable run for 30 plus years as a pastor. He just happened to click something on social media and went click. Just liked it. All hell broke loose in his church. People left his church. Two campuses that they supported 
$288,000 a year on these two campuses in a very in a poor neighborhood that they were investing money in and helping shut down. The city rose up and said, we don't want you to release lease from us anymore. And the atmosphere was like the guy had a moral failure walking around in his church just because he liked something that was conservative. Church, we shouldn't have to live under that in America. Amen? It should not be so. And so the cancel culture is out there. It's out of control. And we shouldn't have to fear for our lives for supporting conservative or even biblical ideas. Can I get an amen? British author, and I don't advocate you read her books, but somebody is. You heard of J.K. Rowling or Rowling. She's a, a writer and a philanthropist, and she's best known for writing the Harry Potter fantasies, which I have read none. But she sold over more than 500 million copies. Somebody's reading it. And it became the best-selling book series in history. She is the latest example of a canceled celebrity. Even though she's considered leftist in her view, this article says she recently dared to defy the official code of political correctness. <clears throat> she refused to agree with the statement, trans women are women. She just said, no, that's, that's not true. Because it goes on in the article, she feels men who undergo sex change operations or take hormones don't share the same life experiences of women who are born female and live as a woman. Okay, boom. All hell broke out on this woman. For this, the transgender community hurled every nasty word in the book at Rowling when they attacked her on Twitter. You know, <clears throat> this kind of intolerant militarism, it's not new. How many remember in the Old Testament, turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. <clears throat> King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. He was the granddaddy of all thought control. He was the granddaddy of all thought control. And he demanded everyone in his kingdom, he built this, this thing of all solid gold, a 90-foot statue of him. <laughs> How is that arrogant? You know, nine foot wide. Now watch this in Daniel 3. <clears throat> it says this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and they were captives from Jerusalem, young men. Parents were killed, took them, brought them, changed their name, 605 B.C., and brought them to Babylon. And the trumpet went off, and everyone that hears the music is to bow. And he says, these three guys said, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow. And notice how the scripture says, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer you your last question. From God whom we honor. Come on, underline that in your Bible. And I looked that up. It's like, the God whom we serve, the God whom we worship, and I have a question for us all this morning. Who do you worship? Who do you honor in your life today? What do you honor in your life? Whom do we honor? He says, whom we honor can save us from a blazing furnace and from your power. He will, your majesty, but this is the word of faith part right here. If he doesn't. <laughs> if he doesn't, you shall know. Majesty, we will never honor your gods or worship or bow down to the golden statue that you set up. So these three young men in the midst of thousands, I think they said there were 60,000 people that they could gather there were bowing. These three stood up and said, we're not going to do that. And so what does he do? He overheats the furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, right? And uh, <clears throat> which is a major miracle. These guys survived that thrown in. They come out without even smoke damage. Hmm. You know, fear has torment. And we, when we live under fear, fear affects our lives. Can I get an amen? 
And it's the what the could have, should have, maybe might happen thing that paralyzes people. Especially in the season of COVID. Isn't that right? Fear. Fear. And so they, they refuse to bow. And so today we have this growing group of university professors. There's these liberal journalists that are out there, Hollywood elites, you're going to hear it, government leaders, and, and we know these powerful tech CEOs. Isn't that right? Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, <clears throat> he's worth $200 billion in his net worth. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, $92.9 billion, last estimate. And I don't begrudge these men their, their billions. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, who actually Mark Zuckerberg and Jack were subpoenaed before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and they're going to meet next month after the election on some of the censoring that they did of news articles that have been out there. Many of you know about it. All that won't get into it. But <clears throat> Google CEO Sundar Pichai, one billion makes two hundred million a year in his salary. He's Indian gentleman. YouTube Susan Huajutsky, five hundred million net worth. And you say, well, why are you sharing that, Pastor? We're seeing some things that are happening here that where who really controls the media? Who really can shut down or allow and what they want? So there's a new idol today we have. It's a new idol. And they want us all to worship it. And if you don't bow to their idol, how many know you can be canceled? You can be shut out. And so, you know, here's the thing. I don't know them personally, but you see, all I have to do is do what Jesus said. You will know them by their fruits. Can I get an Amen. You'll know them by their fruits. And so we are seeing some, some ugly fruit that's really scary in our nation. And some of them, they despise Christianity. Why? Because there's moral boundaries. Isn't that right? They reject the idea of all-powerful God. They want to replace him with an all-powerful state. They don't want anyone to speak out in turn. So in other words, you must agree. You must agree to their narrative or you're canceled. You're blocked out. And so the heat, I'm just telling you, has been turned up in Nebuchadnezzar's furnace. And uh, the cancel culture is intensifying. It's intensifying today in our culture. And here's the thing, and, and I don't have a lot more to share here this morning, but as we'll share part two, but there's a, the, the, the enemy wants you to not speak up for God's truth, for God's word. He wants, to, he wants to cancel. He wants to shut you out. He wants to tempt you to keep your mouth shut when there's an intolerant mob that wants to attack you about your faith. We're talking about faith issues here. We're talking about issues that are in God's word. We're talking about truths in God's word, moral values that they want that silenced. This is what's happening in our nation. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> Narrow-minded on your moral values. I just looked at some things. What do, what do most Christians just adhere to? Number one, how many know we, we desire to worship only one God? Right? That's hateful. How many know we value to be kind to all people? That's, to some, is considered hateful. To be humble, to be honest, to, to live a moral life. That's in the word of God, right? That's hateful to some. And, and they want to silence that. Because why? That exposes the darkness in their life. Forgive others. How many know that's biblical? Right? <clears throat> All great values that have the origin in the Bible. And so here we have this reaction of God's word and his truth. How many know that truth, of the truth which we have is God's word, is a light? Right? And what does a light do? It does to the darkness. It does what? Exposes that. 
It just exposed it. So all the lights were off in here and I lit a match. It would shut down everything. It would be dark, but that mess, you would see that light. And that's why the scripture says in John 3, 19, men love darkness rather than the light. You know, as a young kid, when I would go out witness or go door to door, when you could do that back in the 70s, <clears throat> now your life's in danger if you bang on someone's door. Uh, you know, you witness, I had this, maybe it was naive, but the sense of that everyone I talked to, they want God and they want the things of God. They just don't know. They don't know the message. And that's true for many people. That's why we need to continue to go in the nations. Amen. We need to proclaim the gospel. But you know, there are people that have heard it. Watch this. And have heard it. And have heard it. And have hardened their hearts. And they don't want to hear it no more. And then when you bring it up to them, you are a reminder of what they knew and what they once maybe have believed, God forbid. And they've walked away from that. Can I get an amen? This stuff, it should not surprise us. 2 Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy 3.12. I'm almost done. Yes, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Stand with me if you would, please. You know, we know that persecution is a reality in this nation. And it's increasing. It's increasing. And Lord willing, I'm getting into uh, next week. And uh, we have just, just over a week for our, our election. About some of these things that the enemy is attacking biblically. Biblically. To want to cancel our voice. But I was recently listening to a, a podcast and on the spirituality of Christians and how the changes uh, because of COVID and all that have happened and to uh, leaders in this China virus and, and Barna Research has been tracking it. And so I remember we did the services online. We did it for 10 weeks. And I mean, I had people excited about it, thought this was the greatest thing. And, and uh, you know, no personal in worship, and I'd be here, a lot of times just standing here by myself in an empty place. This is tons of thousands of other pastors have, have done the same thing. And, but it came to a point, I said, you know, we, we, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and Hebrew says that we should not forsake the assembly. And there's, there, there's biblical precedence that we are to come together, okay, as a people. And... And what they felt when they, they uh, you know, surveyed these pastors, that these pastors felt that, uh, and this is the statement, it says this, that pastors are coming to realize now COVID-19 would not propel spiritual growth as much as they thought it would in the early days of the pandemic. What does that mean? What are they saying? <clears throat> that the, the first week of the lockdown, that 50 plus percent of pastors felt, you know what, this is going to be a good thing because finally now people have a chance to slow down got to stay in their house and they're going to take time and dig into the word of God and they're going to grow and didn't happen some of you go don't look around at this time be quiet this is what they're finding and only 1% thought uh, I don't think it's going to have that type of effect I think it's going to be more negative it's flipped in 8 months what they're finding out that people are drying up spiritually and they need to, oh, I am so mad at churches that are closed still. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Uh, it's just very frustrating that you got people, sheep. It's like, I, oh, I'm going to get off on something here and I'm going to close, okay? If oh, you're sheep, I'm a sheep, okay? But I'm a shepherd. And for me to say, you know what? 
How can you protect everyone in your church? I can't. God can. I am not a dictator here to tell you what to do. You need to do what you need to do to protect in you and your family and, and be safe about it. And I adhere to that and I, I'm with that. But as a shepherd, I feel to shut the doors and keep them closed would be like this to you as sheep. You're on your own. Because right now, now I just absolve myself of all responsibility of all of you. Right? Something happens, God forbid. It's not my fault. My doors were closed. But see, a shepherd is right there in the muck. A shepherd is right there, not trying to be foolish, head in the sand, not using wisdom, but a shepherd, I feel, is a shepherd should be there with the sheep. Because when a sheep is cast, what is that shepherd going to do? Hey, download my app so you can listen to me online. Come on, somebody. You, they need shepherds around the people. And a shepherd, you know, if something happens to the shepherd, well, the shepherd was there in the trenches. The shepherd was there loving on the sheep. The shepherd was there not afraid. The shepherd didn't become a wolf. Wolves are only in it for, you know, and I'm not going to label who's a wolf or not. That's up to God to judge. My role is, I don't want to be a wolf. I want you to know I'm here, and if that costs me, it costs me. We're here 20 years as a church, amen? I'm still here. I'm still here. I told you it's going to get off on something. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. They came together still. Acts 2.46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. They went every day. <laughs> we come once a week for an hour and a half. Every day they came into the temple breaking bread. Then they went house to house. They eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Every head bowed, please. I don't want to be labeled a wolf. I want to be a good shepherd to the people. You know, we serve a God that's an overcoming God. And he's well and he's more than able to take care of us. And if our time's up, our time's up. But you know what? We're going to go out with steam. We're going to go out with the, the we're going to go out in, in victory. We're not going to go out defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning and I have been, I have been smitten and overcome with this fear. Fear has torment, is the verse I read. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. That's the God we serve. He's not afraid. He does not want you to be afraid. Oh, what if I get COVID? We're going to pray for you in Jesus' name. And you're going to come through. We're going to believe God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we hit herd immunity. And we're all immune. We'll have all the antibodies for helping somebody else. Can I get an amen? I don't mean that flippantly, but I just mean it. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot we have been lied to. All I'm going to say about that, because I can get all a lot we have been lied to and been fed. And we're seeing that now with some distance in time since, since last December, now in January. But getting off all that, the most important thing is your life right now. So here's a meeting today. We're meeting in person. And I think about this every time we started back up since the 31st of May. I think about every Sunday. This is what I think about. Is there someone here this morning God is speaking to? That if you were not here, he would not be you would not make a life-altering decision right now. Some of you, you're good to go. You're in this jute. You're, you're, you're right on board. But there's people that are they're, they're making life decisions right now in this moment. Every head bowed, please. You hear and say, Pastor, I've, I've allowed a spirit of fear. I've allowed it to overcome my life. I, I, I've allowed it what society says. I've allowed it with the medical community. I, I've allowed it to possess me with fear. And I need to be free from that. That's who I'm speaking to. That's who God is speaking to this morning. To release you from this fear. 
Pastor, what do I do? Number one, if you haven't already, you give your life to Jesus. So how do I do that? The Bible says if we repent, we ask Christ in our life, we believe the testimony of Christ, that he died, he was crucified, and he rose again on the third day, that he is Christ and Christ alone, that he is the true and living God and there is no else, you will be born again. You're here this morning, he says, well, I've prayed that before, but you never really stepped across the line. You never really fully surrendered your life to Christ. This is your day. This is your day. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to step across the line. I'd like to pray for you. Let's pray corporately, if you would, as a church. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. He's giving you life. He's giving you opportunity to begin again. We just pulled this up on the screen for you to, you know, for you to help you along the way. Once you decide, uh, have you decided to follow Christ to help you along your journey, to help you in your walk of faith? That's what we're here for. See, church, the church is essential. The kingdom of God is essential. The word of God is essential. Okay? You need to remember that and know that and recognize that. And that the word of God is not essential just on Sunday morning. It's essential tomorrow. It's essential. Come on, you're with your family. It's essential that we speak the word, that we get the word in our lives, in and, and through our families, and we don't live in fear. Can I get an amen?